When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Anything is the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. You can get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Just go to directtv.com. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And he was in the building last night as the Celtics returned to playing actual basketball. Apparently, it was the most electric crowd ever because that's all Scal and Mike could talk about on the broadcast. I was jacked up. Uh, it, apparently, the garden was jacked up. Romeo Langford was jacked up. Theo Pinson was jacked up. Jay, what was it like to be there in the building as the Celtics got that huge victory? Huge victory over the Orlando Magic. Let's tone it down, man. Let's tone it down. It's preseason. Uh, but yeah, the the crowd at the end was was pretty loud. It was... It was not a a quiet crowd at the end. <laughs> everyone, everyone was excited for Romeo Langford. Uh, other than that, it was a pretty rocky start for the Celtics. I thought um, it's obvious that they're still adjusting to what Ime Udoka wants to do, but it was our first look at what he wants to do, and obviously, we're going to overreact on this podcast. Absolutely, we're going to overreact. I think the first. Let's just try to take it chronologically. The first thing that was interesting to me was starting Juancho. Um, obviously, Ime said, don't overreact or don't look into this. But we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it anyway. That's what we do here. I did think it was interesting just um, from the perspective of he was serviceable. Juancho hustles. Uh, that He displayed that. Hustling Hernan Gomez. That's what they call him. That's what they do call him. But... There was a lot of energy of bringing in the bench of Horford, uh, Schroeder, and Richardson. Like, that was just wild to kind of bring off the bench. And that was the thing that was, like, most noticeable to me last night was just the team is so much deeper than it was last year. And just be able to pivot to that lineup, which is a very serviceable NBA lineup, like midway through the second quarter, you give Tatum and Marcus Smart a rest. This is, like, the energy that that lineup brought in was, like, uh, it was instantly noticeable. And so it might not be Wancho, 
we'll get to maybe uh, Aaron Neesmith or other guys starting in that place. But I just love like the the ability to really have that much deeper of a bench um, was the biggest thing I noticed last night. Yeah, and I think that would be the benefit of starting somebody like Hernan Gomez is that then you can bring Horford, Schroeder, and Richardson off the bench and just have basically a bench mob. Um, like all those those three guys are, are NBA starters or close to it. Like they're certainly rotation players anywhere in the league. And so that would just be a very formidable bench. The speed just of that group just really – was pretty eye-opening. I thought I thought that was the most impressive part for the Celtics. And they didn't even play well. Like No. Like, during that <laughs> no, second quarter, when they were on the court, things were ugly. Schroeder and Richardson both had tough shooting nights. Um, I think Richardson was one for eight. Schroeder was one for seven. They'll have better scoring nights. Um, but the speed was just very noticeable. And especially when, when you have Al Horford out there pushing the ball – in transition i think they had jalen brown at power forward for a little while with that group they had marcus smart at probably small forward next to Schroeder and richardson so it was just a really fast really athletic lineup um and then so the starting wancho thing i think that my guess would be that ime udoka likes the idea of starting tatum and brown at the two and three and He's talked about how he likes that. He, he's talked about how he wants to take advantage of the Celtic size. Um, and he obviously wants to play really fast, too, and wants to play, you know, versatile and switching everything. And and so Wancho, like, if he can hold up at that spot, then he sort of fits as, like, a guy who can shoot threes and be a complimentary player and not need the ball much. Um but we'll see. I, I thought there were there were moments when he was really physically over overpowered um, by Wendell Carter and didn't really hold up at that spot. So it, w- it wasn't like he had a great night um, in that role. And I certainly think like Al Horford will be possibly starting for the Celtics. But also, you know, if they are going to try to play super fast, then where does Ennis Cantor fit into that? And that was another thing. Like he didn't play during the first three quarters when the starters were playing still. So that's something to to keep an eye on. Like if their vision is to have this, all this pace and, and really like they switched everything. And maybe that was just a preseason thing, but they had Robert Williams, like guarding point guards. They had Al Horford guarding point. They even had Ennis Cantor when he got in the game, guarding point guards and getting roasted by Cole Anthony. Um, even though Cole, I don't think Cole capitalized, on it enough but still it was like they were really really switching and so there there was there was a lot to overreact to let's put it that way from from the first game yeah it was interesting on defense because they weren't just switching on ball actions they were switching everything off ball like pretty much everything um and that makes the force robert williams and big guys like al horford hopefully we don't see a lot of ennis but i understand it's the preseason you gotta you gotta see ennis eventually but the defensive intensity, I think, was uh, especially at the start of the game, um, was uh, interesting. I, you know, you love seeing Marcus Smart dive on the floor, um, but I do think that's something that they can do if you have one, two, and three being um, Marcus, Jalen, and Jason. Like you can really kind of that's like a pretty sizable roster, uh, and you can kind of play physical and get up into guys, and so. 
Uh, I don't know if Wancho is going to be that guy. Like he had two nice plays that were, I think, offensive rebounds. And so, or that's always nice to see. Um, it's interesting. You say you got like kind of physically outpowered because all everyone in the comment is like, uh, maybe we'll have Grant Williams in there. Grant Williams lost 50 pounds. Like is, he's not a recognizable player anymore. So I don't know if he's going to be the, the necessarily the size there, but it does. I do just like that kind of lineup because of the, the added depth of the bench. But you're right. I don't think it necessarily has to be Wancho. It could be Grant. It could be Neesmith. I think it's the type of thing that's going to be very matchup related. Um, but I, I just like the depth was was staggering. Uh, just bringing those guys off the bench, even though they were not very good. Like the death, they were, did not play well. They like Schroeder was throwing some crazy passes, which I always appreciate. But like the the things that we thought were going to be a problem with this team, scoring the basketball outside of players named Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, uh, was a glaring issue last night. Yeah, that that also stood out, and you can tell like they're gonna have to use that speed, that athleticism. That you can see why Emil Doke is stressing like the pace and playing in in transition because I think the Celtics are gonna be a lot better there than they are necessarily in the half court. And uh, like Schroeder, Schroeder will play a lot better. Um, Richardson offensively will play a lot better. Will he? So, will he? Will Richardson play that much better offensively? Because he hasn't in his entire NBA career. Yeah, he hasn't been super efficient. But that and that that's one of the issues when you look at this roster is like outside of Tatum, outside of Brown, where do you get that efficiency from? Um, where do you get the shooting from? And that that's why I still think like Neesmith and Pritchard could be pretty important. Um, but we'll see. There's there's a lot to figure out still. Um and then Al Horford, Al Horford. He's still got it. He's got some bounce. He has some bounce left. He's like, did not look at all old or at all like he's the 36-year-old man that he actually is. Like, he was playing with some bounce. He just – his IQ is there. I really like the kind of two-man game of him. There's a couple good pick and rolls just with him and Schroeder. Um, he, he seemingly uh, uh, still has it, which is a good sign for the Celtics. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how – Udoka uses his minutes, whether he kind of gets into maybe in the starting lineup, either at that power forward spot or um, at the center spot. Because you know who had a bad game was Robert Williams. Uh, I think he had one assist that was maybe kind of accidental because the I ball. Had, I think he had two assists. The, uh, the one I remember is like the ball kind of just like Tatum drove and it kind of like messed it up and it randomly ended up in Time Lord's hands. And then it was obvious that Jalen was in the corner. But other than that, he was taking a lot of kind of mid-range jumpers. We did not see any really lobs or him displaying his vertical spacing. The switching puts a lot more on him just in terms of what he needs to do and his movement on defense. We're overreacting here. Everyone acknowledges we're overreacting, but it was I'm going to overreact to. It was not a great performance uh, from late time Lord. Yeah, it, it wasn't, and I do wonder if the Celtics will always switch like they did in the preseason opener. I, I wonder if if this is just Eme kind of experimenting with how things look in the exhibition season, and just you know because they they were aggressively switching, <laughs> like like they they switched when they didn't really need to. Um, they over switched. They were really putting Robert Williams in some tough situations, even though he blocked a couple of uh jump shooters which is really impressive um it's just it puts a lot of stress on him to be good on the perimeter if they're going to play like that all the time i think it might be a better use of his talents to 
not play like that all the time and <laughs> keep him near the, the near the hoop where he can impact shots and block shots and and handle the the defensive glass. But we'll see what happens there. You know, Al, Al Horford said that he he expects to guard point guards pretty regularly in switches this season. So we'll see. Um, it was really interesting how much they switched because they they did <laughs> so much of it. And I and, and with Al who's thirty five and a center, and with Robert Williams who's never really been used in that fashion with like very few exceptions in the past. So that's that's interesting. I, I'm not sure Emay's gonna stay with that. I would guess it's an experiment just based on the fact that they had Ennis Cantor doing it. Like you yeah. would never, you would never go, plot trot Ennis Cantor out there and be like, "Bro, see Cole Anthony, you're gonna switch on to him, and it's that's gonna be good for us." So my guess would be it, it's more of an experiment than than anything else, and that they'll use it sometimes, and it won't be their their just base defense all the time. But we'll see. And why was Robert Williams shooting so many jump shots? Is it was it like a point of emphasis for him in the offseason to kind of like extend his range? It felt like he was looking for that shot. Like he was like, I'm not yeah, like, just I'm not like just up, jab step, like Carmelo Anthony type shit. Like, yeah, it was kind of like he was like, This is what I do now. I'm a I'm a 12 foot demon. Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was interesting. Um and he last year, like he shot okay from that range, but he almost never shot it, which he shouldn't almost never shoot it like that's no he's you not need to roll you need to dunk. very good at you need it, to yeah. continue making 72 percent of your shots like you did last season him going reason over that seven was is, shocking uh, yeah on all like it was all jump i think he had one missed dunk but like the rest were just like strict sweet jumpers uh uh like i don't know i was trying to think of an old school player who plays like that but clearly my nba knowledge is like who who is the king of the mid-range uh jab step face-up game tim duncan Oh yeah, he used the glass a lot. Uh, it, I want to see if Timeward's going to do it. He should at least use the glass. Uh, at least be classy about it. Uh, one thing that hasn't changed: Jason Tatum uh, is strong and very good at basketball. He had his quarter where he just kind of took over. Uh, seemed like they he got the ball a lot, kind of by the basket. Had that very impressive dunk over. Was it Mo Bamba? Well, no, it was Wendell Carter. It was Wendell Carter. Yeah. That was mighty cool. He is quite large. He took all the weight that Grant Williams lost and put it in his own muscles. Uh, He's still uh, very good. The other thing that was interesting was Jalen Brown took 16 shots, 12 of them from three. Like Jalen is clearly very willing to shoot. Like those two guys, there's no real reason for uh, concern. It's just they're still uh, quite good at uh, basketball, specifically uh, on the offensive end. Yeah, the the, the Jalen shooting a lot of threes. That that was a trend that kind of started at the beginning of, or the middle of last season, when the Celtics coaches asked him to move some of his mid range jumpers back, and from that point on, he was one of the highest volume three point shooters in the league. He just keeps growing more confident, more comfortable with that shot. So a lot of the shots he took, like they were tough. They were. With guys in his, it wasn't like he was taking wide open threes. And no, just he was very quick to like come off a screen and be like, "I'm taking this three When it what like some some obvious ones in the corners, but some other ones where it's just like maybe that wasn't the best shot, but like I kind of liked Jalen being that aggressive. Yeah, I I think that's that is 
what the Celtics want to see, him being super aggressive with that shot. Obviously, it will also lead to other stuff and kind of open up the court for him and and for others. Um, but I thought that was promising. That I didn't think, like after all the emphasis that Celtics have put on playmaking for those two guys, I didn't feel like <laughs> they showed Made much progress plays. on that front. <laughs> the, the one play where Jalen went baseline and then kicked it out to, I think, Tatum, who found smart, who fed Tatum back. Like, that was a beautiful sequence. That was started by Jalen Brown and his playmaking. Um, but other than that, it, it wasn't like they were out there whipping whipping passes around the court. It wasn't like the Celtics was had some free-flowing offense that, that looked great. Um, so that was not like disappointing because they they were both really really good but if if your emphasis is for them to make the game easier for other guys uh i didn't think they really did too too much of that yesterday no it's uh tatum has two assists jalen brown had three it wasn't like uh these guys drawing all the attention and creating for others it was also not the best night for the first uh marcus smartest point guard considering like the first six minutes, he just had some of the worst turnovers I've seen him throw in a while. Um, I'm not going to overreact to that. That just kind of happens. But the Celtics ball movement, it just wasn't there. It, um, and it seemed like most of the creation came from Schroeder trying to do some uh, some stuff with the second unit. And then kind of like getting them back into the game was a lot of uh, Peyton Pritchard, which interesting because – it's very hard to evaluate minutes in a preseason game like this, just because we knew the starters were not going to play much more than 25. And so um, who got minutes is kind of random in that regard, but of like, I guess the third team, Peyton Pritchard didn't end up playing like 22 minutes and had like pretty solid control of the offense showed off his ability to knock down deep threes. He, it feels like he can be very useful. I might backtrack from my idea that uh, ideally Dennis Schroeder uh, would be traded so Payne Pritchard could play more because I, I do like what Schroeder could, uh, gave them. I do like his um, 71 hockey-style jersey. I think that looks cool. But I think Pritchard like, deserves some playing time. It took one of, preseason game for you to back off that, that call. I, I mean, I just saw him in that 71. I was, I was all in. And he doesn't have the stupid skunk hair anymore. Like He just looked very dumb. He um, said he's going to bring it back. I Dennis? I will buy as many Schroeder coins as need be to uh, get you to not take that uh, skunk haircut. But my point is Pritchard is uh, good, can knock down three-pointers, is a pretty good decision maker, had five assists last night, I think just like deserves some time um, in the regular rotation. Like I know they're not going to like play this many play. They're not going to play 14 guys or however many people they played in a normal game unless it's a blowout. But I do think Pritchard is playing at such a level where I would expect him to get like some regular minutes uh, every game. Yeah. Uh, and and like I said, I think his, his shooting is important. I, I think if the Celtics are playing at the pace that Udoka wants, maybe it won't matter as much that they play, play super small. Maybe they can actually take advantage of that. So we'll see that. That's one of the things that, that will kind of define their season, I guess. And I do think that, like, just by playing Ennis Cantor, Udoka can change the style of of that bench a little bit. He can bit. make the defense so much worse just by putting Ennis Cantor on the court. Yeah, what I'm saying. And then, and then I thought I thought Neesmith was good, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, 
when, which was hilarious, by the way, the, the Celtics, the Magic had like five guys nobody had ever heard of on the court. And the Celtics were like, oh, yeah, here's Josh Richardson, Aaron <laughs> Josh, Smith. Josh Richardson getting closing minutes. Josh today. Richardson and a bunch of dudes who were playing rotation minutes against the Nets a few months ago in the playoffs. Uh, so I don't know why Josh Richardson was in there. He was probably like, man, I'm closing a preseason game right now. What, what's going on? But I but bet that, Ryan, that, Archie, that, that Danko, like Garrison Matthews are a little bit pissed off that they couldn't get some burn. But um, it was interesting. What do you think of Richardson's game? Like, obviously, he was one for eight from the field. Shooting is never his thing. I think he missed. Uh, I saw him take two threes. So that was uh, a nice sign because I, he's just not known as a three-point shooter. They did not look anywhere close to the basket. They were not good-looking three-point shots. His offense was not impressive. But – his defense was pretty cool uh, in terms of just he had that one great steal where he locked the guy up in the lane. He does seem to be very active on defense. Nice little defensive wild card to bring off the bench. What do you think of his kind of overall performance? Yeah, I thought the the block at the end of the first quarter, I think it was on Cole Anthony, was, was really impressive. Um, it, I mean, it, offensively, it was not good. There, there were a couple, like, pull-up jumpers early in the clock. The one left-handed scoop shot. Oh yeah, that like was just misguided, and so offensively it wasn't good. And there will be moments when Josh Richardson will be frustrating offensively. I think for Celtics fans to watch, and that will be kind of a a, a theme. I think he won't always be frustrating, but but sometimes. People will be like, why is he doing that? <laughs> what? What? Why, are you, why are you trying anything, Josh? That's not your job. Just do your job. Keep the ball moving. Yeah. He was but a game fa- high plus 11. If we're doing um, – people say single game plus minus doesn't matter. You know what even matters less? Single game preseason plus minus. Yeah. Um, but defensively, you you could really see how he's going to fit in. And especially the, the way they're switching, how much they're going to switch. Josh Richardson is going to be very useful on that end of the court. He's tough. He he was getting into it with who was it a little bit um, early in the game, and I was like, Paul Anthony. Celtics Celtics have a little attitude now. They, they didn't have any attitude last season, except when Evan Fournier called Kevin Durant a bitch. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I was trying to remember this. When's the last time the Celtics were been in like an encore fight? Not like an actual like fight, but like NBA version of a fight. Like it just doesn't really happen anymore. I can't remember like the last one that like really stood out. Um, I don't know, but they're going to be in some this year because Schroeder Schroeder is going to incite some riots. That's what Schroeder does. He's a hockey player. Schroeder's a classic hockey player. Uh, yeah. Throwing ridiculous passes. I did like uh, Schroeder. It was weird on the broadcast. All they would do is just like, he's so much like Rondo. He's so much like Rondo. He and does I, move like Rondo. He doesn't play like Rondo, but he moves like Rondo. Which is uh, pretty cool. He had, he had some nice uh, steals as well. Schroeder just does like some crafty veteran things. That's the biggest thing I'm taking away from this game is just the bench. Like the moment they came in with Schroeder, Horford, and Richardson, 
and you could still leave in, I think, Jalen and Robert Williams. I don't remember the exact substitution pattern, but it was Jalen, Mar- Marcus Smart, uh, and Schroeder, then the Richardson, guys, and Horford. Yeah. yeah. That's like just a, such a, like, that's a starting lineup uh, for some teams in the league. Yeah. And so just to be able to bring that off the bench, give Tatum some rest, and then Tatum was the guy to come in uh, kind of with that lineup to start the second quarter. It's just like a, a the staggering of kind of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum around the bench pieces, then also Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. It's just the team's going to be so much better. I still think they're going to struggle on offense, but just in terms of like having – solid NBA players out there who can play defense. Like they should be able to have play 48 minutes of like solid defensive basketball. And I think the formula is very good defense. And then Tatum and Jalen putting up the points. I don't think that's necessarily going to put them like on a 55 win pace, but I do think that makes them a a solid kind of like three, four, five, Eh, three's a little ambitious, Uh, but I am pumped and jacked after that Romeo Langford three last night, but I think it just puts them on like a, it gives them a solid formula with which to win regular season basketball games. Yeah, I I agree that having, having that much of like, those are three veteran guys, like real veteran guys who know how to win, who know how the NBA operates, who aren't going to be surprised or taken aback by anything. And that's just very different from what the Celtics had most of last season coming off the bench. Like, yeah, they, no. they were just trying to mix and match, and and they were throwing in guys who were borderline NBA players a lot. And obviously right now they're fully healthy, so that matters. Um, but their closing that, lineup that last the, night the was like – a little better. But, but yeah, I've he, seen that before. It's like this this last four, six minutes of the first preseason game is normally just filled with scrubs. And it's like, no, that was the Celtics' like uh, main bench unit last year plus Josh Richardson. Like – it was just kind of wild how uh, deep they are. The thing that's interesting, at least to me, and it's like, again, very much overreaction. Romeo obviously hit the big shot, hit another three. Neesmith, I thought, played well, his normal lot of energy. I talked about Peyton Pritchard before. Grant knocked down his three, looks like a lot faster, moving a lot faster, and like looks to be in better shape. All of these young guys seemingly deserve minutes or like playing well or could potentially add to the team. And then you have kind of the three veterans. It's not a bad problem to have, to have a bunch of young guys who are very scrappy, like trying to prove themselves and a bunch of veterans who have already proven themselves. You could just mix and match at that point, like coming off the bench um, based on who's playing well at the time, uh, which guys work best together and based on matchups. And I think that's like, the kind of depth you want to have um, if you are an NBA team, the roster just feels so much more balanced this year. It's like, we have our clear stars. We have right below that. We have our like two very solid starters, especially on the defensive end. And then we just have this embarrassment of um, bench players that are the young going all the way from young guys to uh, established veterans where he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to go ball, uh, like play fast and go small and like really uh, get up into guys. He can, but we also saw them kind of play this bigger lineup where they can, and it really depends on matchup. That's I think one major reason for optimism for this team is they have so much depth and like that when they're at full strength, they, they really can do uh, a lot of different things. But then um, when an in- injuries inevitably happen, they have kind of guys who will step up where it, unless it's uh, an injury to Tatum or Brown, uh, it feels like they're going to be able to kind of withstand anything and, and not take too much of a hit just in terms of talent. Yeah. Uh, obviously they're going to need Tatum and Brown. Um, 
those guys are will be very very important to this team but but you're right they they do have a lot more legitimate nba players this year is how i would put it um and i i was interested to see how udoka was going to you know form the bench and if he does start somebody like Wancho, if he doesn't start Horford, I'll just put it, if he doesn't start Horford, I think that bench is going to be very fast, play really fast, and have a whole lot of athleticism and speed and and just kind of veteran know-how. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting. Like, they really downsized with that bench. They played Pritchard and Schroeder together. They played... Jalen or Neesmith at power forward. They played like just really, really athletic. And, and it was like you said, like that was the thing that popped out the most to me was just, just how athletic and kind of deep they, they, they can be. Um, and I like that unit. It, it's not like the greatest unit ever. Like Schroeder and Richardson have holes. If they're playing with smart, that's three guards who, can't really shoot too well um but at the same time like those are all pretty good players and they can all do a lot of different things and i think that 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 could be like a big separating factor for the celtics this season if if they do bring horford off the bench especially like that group could be they could give a lot of teams problems with with those guys against you know normal second units um, and I'm I'm saying that after they were pretty ineffective, <laughs> pretty ineffective. After <laughs> the Orlando Magic, after Mo Bamba lit them up, is that the best you've ever seen Mo Bamba? Like that was wild. That was impressive by Mo Bamba, except the the one post up against Peyton Pritchard was <laughs> was humiliating. Pritch, he shot like a turnaround fadeaway from 15 feet with Peyton Pritchard on him. Uh, shouts to the the listener who said that was the uh, the most unfair post up since you posted me up uh, a couple weeks ago that was a a great tweet um, but you you if did way mo more to punish had, if, me in the paint than if only mo had my skill and and toughness and perseverance resilience all of it <laughs> if only if only jay <laughs> if, if only, only mo baba could just channel if his only inner mo jay baba King. was more like the kid Oh wow! Anything else from uh, from being inside the arena? Any other observations from you, Jay? Before we uh, we get out of here, the rotation things, the Cantor, like n- just not playing until pretty much garbage time. Was oh, that surprising? Like, who? At what point would you have put in Cantor? I just think he's clearly like the the bat. Like, if if Horford's going to be kind of a backup center and come off the bench, then I just don't see Cantor playing that like that often. Yeah, but I also think Cantor in most matchups is like a pretty good regular season player. So if you don't play him, then you're sacrificing a guy who is like pretty useful and, and maybe that's fine. Um, and maybe that's the way the Celtics should play and maximize their speed and skill and all that. Um, but I do think like he's okay. And so it, it surprised me a little bit that he didn't play at all with, with the regulars really, um, at least when the regulars were still in, it could be just that they they know exactly what he's going to do. They know, like, th- there's no surprise with Ennis Cantor. It's just he has his, his limitations. He has his strengths. He's going to get six offensive rebounds, 
four of them are going to be off his own shots. He's going to uh, love the camera time. I did like that he bat. What it was like waving to the fans and bowed to the fans when he came into the game. Um, the classic Ennis Cantor. Um, but yeah, there are no surprises there. I was I was like less surprised. Like I just didn't. He feels like clearly like the third string center, and so he played with like the third string, which was like basically what what the team had in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then the other piece was that um, the other Theo rotation. Pinson. Theo Pinson was really uh, active on the bench. No, I was gonna say the other rotation thing that stood out was that Neesmith um, played and Romeo Langford didn't with the regulars. That wasn't a surprise after Neesmith kind of outplayed Romeo for most of last season and especially toward the end of the year. Um, but, you know, that that was notable. And Neesmith still playing like he's shot out of a cannon, still doing crazy things, um, which you like to see. But, yeah, it's, it's not as surprising just because it feels like he's more established of a player right now um, as Romeo can just do more on the court. Although Romeo knocked down the game-winning shot in building he's, off his, his he's momentum. He's Mr. Clutch. <laughs> yeah, he did in summer league. He's Mr. Clutch. That's, maybe that's maybe two, he's the late game, game winning threes now. Maybe just save him for late game situations where uh, you need just him to to dust knock down him, that dust him three. off in in a game seven of a playoffs and just bring him in with like seven seconds left when you need a three ball. Maybe could be, could be Romeo's career path. Uh, two more observations about the game, and then I forgot. There's a very important discussion we need to have. Um, but these are just uh, some junk drawer observations. Arbella Insurance, no free ads from us, but they did invested in probably what was it like? You probably didn't see it. Fifteen Taco Fall advertisements, and so all season we're just going to be seeing Taco Fall ads, which uh, I think is hilarious. Um, but you know what? Maybe maybe it's a little bit. Um, maybe Arbella got a little too excited by uh, putting making Taco Fall their official spokesperson. But if he if he makes more people get insurance, that's uh, that's great. You're talking about it. You would never talk about anything else if they had had anyone else. That is a good point. Well done, Arbella Insurance. You won this round. (laughs) They they got you. Uh, Speaking of advertisements, Eastern Clothing of Watertown uh, is back. Um, I don't know where they went. They were like a staple in Red Sox advertisements for a decade. We're gone for the next decade, but now they're back. And someone, as someone who uh, grew up in Eastern Watertown, it's nice just to see a little local business that could uh, making its way back onto the main stage. So uh, shouts to them. Um, and that's about it. Anything else from the game before I get into a, the very important discussion of who should be the Celtics captains? <laughs> I, I love the reaction after Romeo hit his three. Everyone was just all sorts of fired up. It was led by Theo Pinson. Theo Pinson has zero chance of making no, this team. No, after the game, it was led by Theo Pinson. <laughs> At the time, I feel like Marcus Smart was one of the guys who was just like hollering in his ear. It was – but then after the game, Pinson was in there. Schroeder shoved him. It, it was electric. Pe- people were excited for Romeo. Everyone who, was- who changed his number because he said the <laughs> yes. previous number made him look chunky. That is such a Romeo answer. Probably the best thing said uh, after the game by anyone. Yeah, the 45 made Romeo just look dummy thick, uh, which is absurd because at no point did anyone ever accuse Romeo Langford of being chunky. I wonder, and it was great because it's like he played all of summer league with that number, right? 
Yeah. And nobody, I don't think anyone ever asked him about it. So, <laughs> like, did, did he have that answer on deck for months just in case someone asked him about it? And he'd be like, yeah, 45 was just too fat. Just, <laughs> didn't, didn't make my figure look good. Were you wearing 45 when you played against me? I came back with the four or five. <laughs> well done. Well pivoted. All right. <laughs> we'll finish this off by uh, answering the question, who should be the Celtics captains? Ime Udoka said the Celtics will have not one, but two captains uh, heading into the season. He has yet to name them. Now, I had an initial reaction. I was like, oh, obviously this should be Marcus Smart. But I actually think – Forsberg might have talked me out of it on the pregame show. Um, and now I'm thinking. Why did Forsberg talk you out of it? What did he say? Basically, he said that Marcus Smart's going to do captain like stuff no matter what. And so it's like he's already, no matter what, Marcus Smart's going to be the heart and soul of your team. Like by putting the C on the chest, you have changed nothing because everyone already knows that Marcus Smart is like uh, the kind of guy who's going to yell at you, hold you accountable. Um, and so you could say the same thing about Al Horford. Like Al Horford's going to be the kind of quiet veteran. Are you forgetting what happened when Charlie Conway had the C removed? I, yes, don't remember the full plot to uh, Mighty Ducks 1 or 2. All it I do it know sent that. him in a tailspin. He did not. Yeah, that's he had it removed. He did not. It, he, it's not. Marcus Smart has never had. No, I, I don't think he had it. It was just like they didn't name him the captain right away. I, I think it was up for grabs. So, see, that's what I'm saying. And, I think and he, it, it, I the, could be wrong, though. I don't I don't really moment. remember the details too well, but it sent Charlie Conway into a bad place. Do you do you not remember what happened when Air Bud got uh, staying out late and then what got a the captain? Fucking movie. Air Bud is a better movie than Mighty Ducks. That's blasphemy. <laughs> I'm basically making the same argument, though, is that I think giving the captain to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the two guys you've already said are like, how many times are we going to hear the pillars of this team or like the cornerstones of this team? It just like so makes you, sense. So you're you just, just empowering. You just want to hand guys the captaincy that don't if it, deserve it. If it empowers them to become more leaders and be like to say that this is your team, give them the responsibility uh, to kind of be those leaders uh, and to kind of step up because we're only going to go as far as those two guys go. Those guys are the leaders of the team. Al Horford's going to give you a veteran presence no matter what. Marcus Smart's going to give you insane, crazy energy no matter what. They don't need that C on their chest to kind of be who they are, but maybe you're empowering someone like Jason Tatum to be a bit more vocal or Jalen Brown uh, to be a bit more vocal and talking about his teams. So who do you, I don't know, I, th this is just rampant speculation because at the end of the day, I don't think it matters uh, yeah, unless you get a cool jersey patch. It probably doesn't but... matter e even a little bit, uh, <laughs> except it's something, something to talk about on the podcast. I, I think – I remember when I, I was writing a story, we had to write about like – I think they called it the heartbeat of the team. It was an athletic thing a few years ago. And literally every person I asked who was the heartbeat of the team, was it was Marcus Smart. Uh, like literally ev everyone I asked said that. So – I think smart. So will... is the C just to be the heartbeat identifier or is the C some sort of bullshit motivational tactic uh, implored, implored, employed, employed. And that's why you're the words guy. And I'm the talkie guy. Um, <laughs> is it just some sort of, <laughs> you know, I'm the law talking guy. Uh, I, is it just like, I don't get the point of it. Like I, uh, the Celtics have operated without a captain for how many years? 
since Rondo, I think, in Stevens' first year. All I need to know is, is it like baseball or hockey where that player then gets a C on their like on their uniform? Is it going to be a new uniform? Can I get a Marcus Smart or Al Horford jersey that has the extra C on it? Because that's the only thing that I think really changes uh, with naming an official captain. Yeah, it's it. I don't think it'll make too much difference, honestly, who, who they name captain. I do think Marcus Smart and Al Horford would be deserving choices. I do think if if the Celtics go in another direction, like that's that's cool too. <laughs> Whatever, Mark. But Marcus Smart, when he was asked about it, kind of said, "Yeah, like being a captain wouldn't wouldn't affect me one way or another, whether whether he is or not." And you know what? That's what a captain says. That's what a captain says. That's that what I, he's already. I don't, he's I don't already need the title because I'm going to lead anyway. That's what That's a captain why he doesn't says. need the C. He's already going to be the captain. He doesn't need the official thing. Who would be the most shocking player to be named captain? And uh, I got a couple. There's a couple good, uh, good people who would be really surprising. But I want to know. Bruno who Fernando. I mean, with players who are actually going to make the team. Jabari, players who played Jabari last Parker, night. Parker. Romeo Langford, I think, would be the, the most shocking. Uh, to be named captain just because he's captain of his own spaceship and it's flying um, out of this world constantly. But uh, him, Time Lord, I think it'd be pretty shocking if Time Lord was captain. Uh, Ennis Cantor would be a horrible pick for captain. Um, but now we've just evolved into attacking people's personal character. And that's not something we do on, uh, on this show. The one last thing I want to mention is, uh, well, two other things. Jalen flexing in preseason – Dope. Uh, just, I just I'm saw a that big in my fan notes. Of the, the flexes at all times. Uh, and then just like the, I saw it happened to Tatum last night. He got called for pushing off with his offhand. And then Steph Curry got called uh, or didn't get a call for kind of jumping into players. Love it. Love the new rule change, the taking away from unnatural basketball moves. Uh, it needed to happen. Is the first time we really saw it last night, but um, that was that was fantastic. I am also a big fan. So is jumping into your uh, opponent to try and draw a foul, is that potable? Not anymore. Anything is potable! But not allowed under the new rules of the NBA. 